When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 39th episode of Kiwi and the Bird Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the steamy and chemistry-filled The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood. Now, this book is on the mature side, so if you're under the age of 18, stop listening. And if you know us, please also stop listening. <laughs> please. As you might know, we've implemented a new format for a discussion episode. We're going to try to fill it in all of our thoughts and feelings for the love hypothesis in just one hour. If you like this new format, let us know. And if you want to support our podcast, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description. Now, as we discuss everything about the love hypothesis, and I mean everything, here is your one and only spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? And now, on to the show. Let's talk about the romance. Specifically the fake dating trope. The fake dating trope. I don't know if you knew, but that's kind of a big part of this book. I mean, that's literally <laughs> the book. the premise. <laughs> it's like the main trope, fake dating. The sub-trope, grumpy versus sunshine. The mention trope, one bed. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I liked the way that they did this. You know? You have... A good progression of the romance in the love hypothesis between Olive and Adam, right? He starts off as um this jackass, you know? Well, actually, he doesn't actually start off as a jackass. I wouldn't mind, actually, if he had been a little meaner at the start. You know what? Same. And that sounds bad, but like if maybe he was a little short and curt, and then maybe he gentled a little bit. No, I'm very much into pretentious assholes. Like, <laughs> I wanted him to be a little bit more. Um... But in the beginning, you know, we kind of get, like, Olive's story about this running she has with the guy in a bathroom. You know, it's kind of like the prologue where he kind of, like, talks her into, like, yeah, you can do grad school. You know, you have a good reason why. It's a cute little scene. Yeah. But she's wearing expired contacts, which you can't see. (laughs) And so she doesn't know who the guy is and then comes in. And the very first chapter comes right in the middle of the action. Yes. With. Olive kissing this random dude. Yes. She, she's pulling, like, she kind of enjoys the kiss a little bit too much for having <laughs> kissed a stranger. Hey, you gotta get action when you can get action, okay? <laughs> she said it's been a while, so. <laughs> but then she, like, realizes it's Dr. Adam Carlson, you know, the jackass professor who makes students cry and drop out. But who's also holding her waist in a tender, very attractive way right now. Waist holding is a th- thing yeah it's like bodice ripping but appropriate (laughs) bodice ripping in public yeah (laughs) you know this whole thing's like the whole fake dating thing starts out because olive doesn't want her friend to feel like she can't date this guy named jeremy who olive like kind of went out with yes because of girl code because of girl code which i'm sorry one separate thing if Taylor ever dated a guy, no, 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 no. It, it sounds impossible. If Taylor <laughs> no, ever, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, so, I'm 
if Taylor even just liked, somewhat liked a guy, like not even like full on crushed, even just like somewhat liked him, immediately off limits for me. Yeah. Immediately. I wouldn't even think of it. Like he's no longer considered a love interest in any sort of way. Yeah. He's out of sight, out of mind. Kimmy, if you even looked at a guy, I'd be like, nope, he doesn't exist to me. (laughs) She looked at him in a certain way. (laughs) There was a side glance, okay? (laughs) And so for, for what, for her best friend to be like, oh yeah, I'm hitting it off with this guy. What was her name? On? Yes. For all his best friend on to do that, I was just like, how? Because I wouldn't. Well, but also this is the theme, though. Let's say I go on a date with a guy. Impossible. <laughs> but let's say I do. And I notice that, like, him and I don't have the greatest connection, right? But you two do. I'd for sure be like, go date him. But I couldn't. But I'd be like, but do it. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it. Then I'd be like, well, let me fake kiss this guy. <laughs> and then you can go do it. Okay, I can see this now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the scenario. Actually, the scenario does help because, like, if I saw you dating someone else, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I could go after that guy who who had a good connection. Okay, fine. I get it now. <laughs> I like how we just had to role play the situation. <laughs> because this whole thing starts because Olive doesn't want her friend to feel like she can't date this guy. Yes. Right? And she's like, she's she's never going to go. Okay. On wasn't that bad because she was like, no, I'm never going to go for him. Like, you were interested in him. Like, I wouldn't do that to you. So I was like, mm, okay, fine. You technically upheld girl code. (laughs) Um, You're not going to jail this time, buddy. But see, basically, Olive has to do this to make her feel like she can. So she just kisses the first dude she runs into. Yes. Who happens to be a very attractive professor. Like the most attractive professor on the planet. Yes. The odds? I would like those odds. She's so lucky. (laughs) But the thing is, is that, you know, with the kind of reputation that you're kind of getting from him, you wouldn't expect Adam to go for it. Yeah. You're like, okay, what's in it for you? Mm-hmm. And so you get that, like, the one reason, you know, like, they won't release his funds because they think he's a flight risk. Like, you know, Stanford, money, research grants, all yes. that. But then, later on, you know, you discover there's something else. A little simp energy. Simp energy. <laughs> My question to you, because I'm curious, mm-hmm. did you feel like his reason, the one he provided at least to Olive, that he needs to fake date her so he doesn't seem like a flight risk, like you mentioned, do you feel like that was substantial enough as a, of a reason? I think, I don't know the politics in academia I don't well either. enough <laughs> to like fully say, but I mean, if you are in a committed relationship, like people typically do tend to try to stay there. Mm. And so if he's fake dating someone, you know, he doesn't have to get a house, you know, doesn't have to, like, do all the things with a mortgage. You know, he doesn't have any family, so there's nothing, like, keeping him there and anything. So in a way, I could understand. I'm like, you want money? I get why you do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because when I first read it, I mean, I feel like there was the sense that he has been kind of pining over her for ever since he first met her. Which is revealed at the end of the story that he was. But I feel like there was kind of that underlining sense that the excuse he provided was just that, an excuse. Yeah. And so I was curious what you thought about the excuse because, like you said, I don't don't know anything about college politics. I didn't even go to college. Uh, 
but I was curious. I was like, would people, like, would that solve the problem? It's most like, it's more just like showing like, hey, like I'm rooted here. And like, how else are you going to do that if not through your personal life? True. Through Tinder. <laughs> through Tinder. <laughs> so in a way, like I could see that as like a valid excuse, but I, like you, you know, that's not the reason why he keeps with it. Yes. You know, that's not the reason why he asks her questions about herself and pays for her things and do all like he's, he's, he, he, he there's more going on. Yeah. He, he fell first. He, de- he definitely fell first. He, oh my goodness. He, he fell since that first kiss. When they kissed, he was into it. He felt, okay, spoiler, obviously, discussion, you were warned. He was a bathroom guy. Yes. In the prologue. Yeah. Right? So basically from then, he's been pining after her. Yeah. But like didn't do anything about it for two years. Same. Which I was like, <laughs> that is the most relatable thing in my life. I feel that. And so when he's presented with this, op- when Adam is presented the opportunity to fake date the girl he's been pining over. Of course he's going to do it. He's not going to. He's going to be like, you know what? We're fake dating now. But look what a good boyfriend I can be. <laughs> I'm a fake. I'm a great fake dater. So imagine me in real life. Oh, my gosh. Insane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and and I mean, with the with the fake dating, you know, like we said in the, in the, recommendation. the recommendation, I like what you said where you were like, it's not really realistic. Like it's definitely like kind of like a little bit forced. Like things are put there to put those, to put the characters in the situations, but you don't mind it because you really want to see it. Yeah. Like the, the whole sitting in the lab, like how on is like, Oh, there's no more seats. Hey, Olive, just go sit on your boyfriend's lap. I was like, would this happen? (laughs) No. Did I enjoy it? Yes. (laughs) Here, like here's a bunch of sunscreen. I don't want you to get cancer. (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's your boyfriend that you just told to fuck off. Do you want to lotion him up? Yeah, he's half naked. Just go for it. You know, these situations, like, Tay, I also just didn't understand them because I would never put you in that situation. No, I I was literally thinking the same thing. I'm like, even if the room was so crowded and there was no chairs whatsoever, I would never be like, hey, Kami, send your boyfriend's up. I could never. No. 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 I would... The fact, like, I understand her reasons, like, you know, just be open about your boyfriend, right? Except for, he's a professor. Yes. She is a grad student. Yes. That might be looked down upon. <laughs> well, also, with the sitting on the lap part, I did enjoy that part. Yes. It's one of my favorite parts. But also, it's a public setting. They're in a meeting. No, they were in a seminar. Yeah. A freaking, se- like, that's, like, academic setting. <laughs> like, needs to be professional. And you don't sit on people's laps at a seminar. No. Especially a professor. Yeah, I would never, I could never. No. I could never. No. Or like, I mean, at the, at their little picnic, you know, where she puts sunscreen on him. That's a little bit more casual. Yeah. It's like, that one wasn't as bad. And, yeah. You know, they are dating and, you know, it's still allowed and, you know, they're still following the rules. So that was fine. But the seminar, I was like, oh my gosh, security <laughs> are like making out in front of the biology oh building. Oh my goodness, yeah. After he pushed a car. That was hot. <laughs> Any, but like, who? On is such an interesting character, which I will get to. But just the fact that like all his best friend is like, your boyfriend just pushed a car. You should go kiss him. <laughs> What? <laughs> I I couldn't I could never kiss in public like that. No. Or like like maybe a a, a cheek kiss, you know, mm. maybe something casual, but 
just full blown swooping in, pulling him in after he pushed a car and making out with him in front of the student body. I could never. No. No. PDA (laughs) is like one of the things I fear the most. Yeah. I could never do PDA. No. Ever. If my boyfriend was like, Kimmy, like, why don't you kiss me in public? It's PDA. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a PDA for me. It's a PDA for me. Nay. (laughs) Nay, I say. (laughs) Or it's just, yeah, no, I just, I just, I don't understand that. Also, Ann and Jeremy weren't nearly that PDA. So I was like, hun, stop it. (laughs) Or with all of them, I was like, you don't have to. No. You have a choice. You could literally say, hey, I'm not comfortable with PDA. That solves the freaking problem. True. True. But again, we also like to see it happening. Yes. <laughs> I, I like to see someone else do it in a book, not yeah. in real life. I like oh, no. to see someone else do it in a fantasy and then I can enjoy. Yeah. Like it's very nice in a fictional setting. But if like, if I take it out and like trying to imagine in real life, I'd be like, H no way. <laughs> you are no longer my friend. Go away. Now, what did you think about the little Wednesday coffee meetup date? That was adorable it was and adorable. I loved it so much. Yeah. It was very, it was, that was like the epitome of the grumpy meat sunshine. Yes. Okay. Literally in their drinks. Literally. Black coffee versus unicorn Girl frappuccino. frappuccino. <laughs> the way that she dresses versus the way he dresses, you know? But it's also like they have things in, they obviously have something in common. Biology. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Bill Nye. <laughs> Academics. <laughs> Um, so it's nice to see how they are both so different, yet they still have that same thing in common, which you could really see in the coffee dates and that, and those coffee dates are really cute because, you know, it's something that, you know, they had to do in their fake dating trip to make it believable. Yeah. But it's also like, since it was kind of like forced, you know, they still have to like make it look real, but in like the making it look real, they're getting to know each other. Yes. And you love it. They're asking questions they don't have to ask, but they're asking them for the sake of, oh, what if someone needed to know that I knew your favorite color? Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I also love that Adam was always the one to be like, oh, well, does it have to be over? Yeah. Like, he oh. never said it, obviously. Yeah. Because he's Adam. <laughs> But just the fact that he was like, well, well, what's your favorite color? Or where were you born? Like, he's he was very much the one to initiate it. Yes. But at the same time, he was very good at, like, kind of, like, stepping back and, like, reading what she was feeling. But he also wanted to keep it going by asking those questions. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the first instance where she was kind of ready to leave just after he got her the coffee. Then he, he did say, what's your favorite color? You know, yeah. kind of reeling her back in. But also in kind of, like, a sassy way. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Adam. But he also paid for her. That was very kind. He paid for everything. Yeah, I, I'd be like, put on the cookie, put on the croissant, <laughs> get the cream cheese in the back corner, get a dozen bagels. I say that. No, I, I would do the same. Except I say that, except I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, life. I was just going to say, uh, for humor purposes, yeah, for sure would do that. Yeah. In real life, no. I'd get no. a packet of free salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Splenda. <laughs> I would feel so bad. I just... But, I mean, the way that he that he kind of, that Adam kind of persuaded Olive into it was really sweet, too. Yeah. He's like, I'm not doing this because I'm a man. I'm doing this because you're a graduate student. And you're poor. <laughs> Your salary's nothing. <laughs> oh. What did you think about the whole, you know, I have, feel, I have real feelings for Adam now, but he doesn't feel the same way for me. Oh, the mus- miscommunication. 
I don't think it was miscommunication, but you go, yes. Well, because I think it was the third or fourth coffee date, she's talking with her best friend Malcolm about how she is developing real feelings for Adam. Yes. Adam overhears and he steps in and he kind of gets the tail end of the conversation where she professes she has feelings for someone, but Adam thinks it isn't him. They both are very insecure. <laughs> <laughs> and and Olive is like, oh, I could tell him that it's him. But she instead decides to kind of imply it's someone else. I'm like, miscommunication. Oh, she didn't imply it. She straight up said, <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> you? You? <laughs> and I was like, either be rejected. <laughs> okay, no. I, I mean, I was. I was like, get the courage and just be rejected. Yeah. It's crueler to make him think it's someone else. Yes. But at the same time, I get it because I would also do that. You would? I would shove my feelings so far down. <laughs> he would never know. <laughs> you like me this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Deep inside. <laughs> yeah, I just never told you or implied it or did anything like that. And so with the either like the omission or the miscommunication... I mean, that is one of those things that it's frustrating because it is something that just talk about it and they'd solve. But also, I feel like it is something that's very common in contemporary, in rom-coms. And so it wasn't done to a degree that was extremely frustrating, like in some other movies. But it just, it was just like an extra conflict for them. For Mm -hmm. them to finally come to a point where they could confess that they are talking about each other. I will say, this is where my illogical bias comes in for Olive, because she's an overthinker, so she obviously overthinks, like, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't like me? What if he, like, scorns me? What if all these things? Which I get, you know? As a fellow overthinker, as a true overthinker, I understand that. But she should have considered all of the possibilities, right? I don't think she ever thought of, like, oh, what if he likes me back? I don't think she did either. But she, like, as an overthinker, you should consider all the possibilities. And like I said in the recommendation, whittle that positive (laughs) thought down until you convince yourself it couldn't be true. That's what a true overthinker does. Infuse the positivity with so much doubt that it cannot continue to exist. Exactly. (laughs) I wish she had done more of that because at least she would have acknowledged that, hey, he's not mean to me, even though he's mean to everyone else. (laughs) Hey, he pays for all my shit. People don't usually do that. Hey, he cares about me and is constantly there and makes me feel safe. Maybe I could do the same to him. Like, just a tiny bit more of, like, just the possibility of that happening, of her thinking that could be possible, and then her just shutting it down would have been way more realistic to me. I do relate, though, because I don't, I think even if someone did that for me, I don't think they'd like me. (laughs) I, I don't know. Like, my, I my brain doesn't even really allow myself to think that way. Mm-hmm. I think, well, I mean, kind of hypothetically in a romantic scenario like this. So I do kind of understand if she didn't think that, if she, if she didn't let herself believe that he liked her back. Oh no, I completely understand it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've had a guy come up to me and like straight up tell me he likes me. True. I still doubt him to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, I, you're saying in like a narrative sense. Kind of, yes. Mm. Like, but even, like, with me, even though I still doubt that guy, like, I still consider the possibility that he might. True. Because he did say it. 
He didn't say <laughs> it. I just whittled it. I just shaved it down until with so much doubt that it's not possible anymore. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. I do get Olive. I get that, like, especially if you've never been in a romantic relationship, it's especially hard to navigate. It's very difficult to navigate. And so you, like, you don't, and you really don't want to get hurt. And I get that. And you don't want to let yourself believe in something that, especially in a scenario like this where everything is supposed to be fake, you don't want to let yourself believe your own lie. Yeah. So in that sense, I get it. But again, I like, I've illogical. It's illogical. And I know it. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the sexier parts later. But what did you think about how... Olive and Adam kind of came to the realization that they do like each other and that they do want to be together and that it isn't fake anymore. I thought it was done pretty well. Yeah. I mean, we kind of always knew that Adam was always in it. Yeah. For realsies. <laughs> because he never told his friends that it was fake, even though he could have. True. And Olive did tell her friends that it was, well, she told Malcolm. <laughs> she told Malcolm that it was fake basically from the get-go. Yeah. And so you see that difference, but then you see her falling more in love with him because she's seeing, oh, wait, he's different from what people say. Not entirely, but there is another side to him. And so seeing that progression was really sweet. And also I totally get the, oh, my gosh, why do I have feelings for him moment that she had? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I loved, well, I like you said, I really liked the evolution of the romance. I loved how there was this past moment that connected them, whether or not Olive, real well, obviously she didn't realize it at the beginning, but that it connected them throughout the story. Because even though he is this ass, he's the one who kept her in the program, who kept her motivated, who allowed her, well, not allowed her, but his words helped her stay. And I think, I do like that he fell first, that he... You know, he called her Olive, and in her mind, she's like, oh, I didn't mean tell him my name. Because he held so firmly on to the idea of her, the idea of this girl that he met so briefly. And so, like you said, I do like how the progression of Olive meeting him at that point. Their emotions finally coming together and them realizing we're, we're in love. It was yeah. very sweet. I mean, it took them literally until the end of the book <laughs> to, like, True. fully, like, confirm it. Yeah. But it was always there. They were just doubting it. Yes. Which, get it. You haven't been in a romantic relationship in a long time. It's understandable. And with the scenario with fake dating, there always has to be a point where it's like, we're done dating because this isn't real and we need to get back to reality. And so, you know, you always kind of have to have that moment. But I did like the moment. And, and that even then, when they were like, oh, it is fake. None of this is real. They still kissed. True. I was like, how how fake is that? <laughs> is that fake? <laughs> Though I guess, yes, with fake dating, you kind of have to wonder, like, how much of what they're doing is fake versus how much of it is real. Yeah. Like, if even if we kiss each other in public for the show, like, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Yes. And you're only kissing me for the show. Therefore, how can I trust anything else? But they had a lot of moments in private, all I'm saying. True. They broke a lot of the, they broke all of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> every said. single rule. <laughs> they did a whole, to all the boys I loved before, setting ground rules thing, and they broke every single one of them. But we love rule breaking. Yes, we do. Not in real life. but no, <laughs> absolutely stories. not. We are rule followers. We don't get in trouble. Yeah. But we like to think we can. <laughs> the fantasy part of ourselves. 
Yes. Fantasy came in fantasy tay. <laughs> <laughs> now, this book does have some steamier scenes. <laughs> sorry, so I don't know why I did goofy. Sorry. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on just like the steamier scenes of this book? I feel like the main steamy scene is, of course, the uh, sexy time toward the end. Where, I mean, this scene was pretty hot. Pretty. It was so graphic. What are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, they get down and dirty and she's like, I'm basically a virgin. And he's like, let me take care of you. And uh, he basically said, let me change that. Yeah. And did. And she's like, you're too big. And he's like, you can handle it. (laughs) Okay. When I read the line, you can take it. I was like, oh. I, whoa, uh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. The thing about the sex scene in this book is that you have to know, for us, we don't usually get flustered by sex. No. Like, we've read Ice Planet Barbarians. And I was like, eh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Have unprotected sex with a seven-foot blue alien. Sure. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Right, and we've read other books with sex scenes in them, but we've never gone flustered by them. Yeah. This book flustered me. Yeah. Like, I was like, if I was physically capable of blushing, I would have. <laughs> because what Allie Hazelwood does is she builds the romance. She builds the tension between them in the fake dating trope and they're like little, little coffee dates and the kind of like the pushed physical affection things that are yeah. happening. And so when the sex scene finally happens, like you see that you've seen the intimacy between these two characters. So now it's just going to another level. Yes. And you know exactly what's happening between the two of them. <laughs> and it goes on for 24 pages. Can't be counted. It's literally 24 pages. Do you know how long 24 pages is? That's long. Okay. Do you know how long the sex scenes in other eroticas that I've read are? They're very short. Other eroticas. This is a romance. In eroticas are <laughs> four pages max. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing about this book, why maybe it was a little bit more fluster-inducing, mm-hmm. is that the author did take it slow. You get every single movement, every single breath, every single word, the hesitancies, the feelings, the thoughts. It's about, it's not about rushing to the moment. It's not about, hey, we're finally get together, let's hurry and do it. It's about taking the time to to have it happen. It's about enjoying the time there's not a rush here and i think that's kind of what made it sexier and more intimate and i think i think the difference is too is that it wasn't only just sexy it was intimate yes they were actually connecting they were that's a good word to put it there was intimacy in there which is why you felt like embarrassed by reading it (laughs) i will say though the only thing that i felt like hurt not hurt but the pacing was a little strange to me in the sex scene only because I don't mind if characters are like, hey, can I kiss you? I know some people don't like that. I don't mind it if it's in there, if it's not. But I feel like there were a lot of moments where he was like, do you want me to stop? No. Do you want me to stop? No. It's like I feel like the progression maybe would have been smoother if that was if it was kind of like the one-time thing. And then he continues going forward. Now, that might be just personal because I'm sure, I mean, it is very sweet that he wanted to make sure that every step of the way that she was into it, that she did want it. But I feel like it kind of stopped and it was like, stop, go, stop, go. 
I think that was more of just the insecurities between, well, the insecurities within each character. Yeah, true. Right? Because Olive was like, oh my gosh, like, I haven't done this a lot. Like, what if I do something wrong? Adam was like, what if I do too much? Yes. Like, I don't want to do that. So I think part of it was just like them finding the balance, kind of trying to find the balance. What? Because at this point, at during the sex scene, like at the point in the story of the sex scene, they still haven't confirm to each other that they like each other true they think that they're the other person is in love with someone else yes and so this is kind of like a we shouldn't be doing this kind of thing yeah but they are anyway Mm -hmm. and so to have like those insecurities is understandable but i do get what you're saying with like the stop go there was a just a bit too much of that. Yeah, like, even if it was one less time, I think would even help. Because like you said, I do like that it was kind of trying to find the balance of what both people are comfortable with, that they were both caring for each other, that they wanted to make sure that they were taking care of each other. <laughs> Sorry, that maybe would sound a little more sexual than I intend. <laughs> uh, but I just wish that there was maybe one less instance where we could kind of get more, sink more into the moment then pull back because I felt like I was pulling back every time it happened where it would maybe be more preferable to kind of finally get into it yeah I will say though Adam became like animalistic and like daddy dad like primal (laughs) daddy passion like he he it was his final evolution becoming daddy yeah so remember how we said that Contemporary Rysand is in this book. Yes. That's Adam in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, a court, think of Court of Mist and Fury, but in a in a modern day setting. At Stanford. At Stanford. <laughs> where Rysand is a professor. <laughs> that is the sex scene. Yeah. It, that's it's, it's very accurate. I, th- I think so. Yeah. yeah. I do like, though, we always talk about this very often, but when the controlled character loses control yes he did because at one point he's kind of like hey if we do this i like i'm not going to be able to be able to stop no like this is this is kind of going to be an unleashing of of this passion i can't contain or i like the moments where like he he, like when he does like pull back like he's trying to get the self-control but she kind of like coaxes it out of him yes and he loses Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I love this moment. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something so attractive about that. This con- the, the controlled character just losing it. Yeah. Losing the control. Yes. Because when, you, when you're when you that controlled character and you're losing control, it's because you've reached a certain point where you can't help it. Where this person is making you feel to such a degree that you can't contain yourself anymore. Damn. That's that's passion. Yeah. It's hot. That's That's sexy right there. Yeah. But see, see, after the steamy scene, after the sex scene, I after feel twenty four like pages, <laughs> 20, literally twenty four pages, so many things happened, guys. So many things. I got so flustered. It took me, it literally took me an hour to read twenty four <laughs> pages. That's how flustered I was. But see, after the sex scene, I feel like Adam became a little bit more. Not, I wouldn't say possessive of Olive. He didn't become possessive or manipulative or anything like that, but he became much more protective. Protective. That is the word. You know, like when she's crying, he's like, how can I fix this? Yeah. I'm going to fix this. You know, with the conflict of, with the main conflict of the story with Tom, you know, he's like, at the end, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like for what you did to her. And I was like, oh shit. Like this is, 
the daddy evolution is complete. He's like, he would, he kind of changed a lot after the sex scene. And I mean, I think sex changes people, <laughs> but to that degree though, I didn't mind it because it felt like that was the turning point mm-hmm. where it wasn't like, even though they both didn't admit it, it was no longer fake and it was real. And she really meant something to him. And so to see her hurt, to see his best friend who he thought he could trust take advantage of her and of her career and of her goals and what she wants to do. I mean, I I do feel like it made sense for him to, for the depth of his feelings to result in that action and wanting to protect her. See, I disagree slightly Hmm. in that he is such, he is described as this controlled person that such like, he knows what he's going to do. He's very thorough and just concise and just very efficient. And so for me, I still want to see that part of him even after, like, we see all of his emotions and everything. So, like, in my head, in that scene with Tom, you know, he doesn't do it just immediately. Like, he would have, like, taken him out and then punched the freaking daylights out of him. Not in public. Mm. I, I, I do feel the public thing. Right, like that's that doesn't feel like Adam Carlson to me because he has an awareness. Mm-hmm. He's always aware of the situation, so I do agree that maybe he would have taken the fight, in a sense, to a more secluded setting. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do agree. So in that, and it, it's a small thing. Like I do appreciate like that he did because he would because he loves her and because we see that he's very protective of her. I just wish that more of his character from the beginning was taken into account. Because he is very logical. Mm-hmm. I think in his mind he would logically process that maybe doing it in the middle of a restaurant isn't the best move. In front of the people he's being interviewed by. Yes. Yeah. But it was also really cute when she came into the restaurant and he was talking to another person and he instantly looked at her and just walked away. That, that was, was really, really cute. cute. That was that really, was really cute. cute. He's like I do like that he, he became protective of her. Yeah. That was cute. But I do one thing though, I do wish that they had a real kiss between them before the sex scene. I do agree with that. Just so like we kinda like see the emotions come come in. Yeah. But not quite released. Almost kind of like almost accidental where maybe she's so proud of him or he's so proud of her after a certain moment and so they kiss and then all of a sudden they're kind of jolted and they realized, oh, this is fake. That was a performance. Da da da. And then they kind of then have sexy times. But yeah, it's just like a moment for them in private, like not in show, like a kiss yes. just for them. Because I feel like the sex scene, like I didn't mind it. Like, yeah. Obviously, that's where it was progressing. But I just wish there was just one more moment between them that was maybe a bit more physically affectionate, that was less physically affectionate than a sex scene. Yeah. The stepping stone to the sex scene. Basically, yeah. I just wish that we just had that stepping stone. But again, like, it's not like it was bad. Like, I was, again, thoroughly flustered. (laughs) Yeah. Now, we do have some side characters in this book. And we've kind of already talked about On and my frustrations with her. (laughs) Um, But what did you think about the side characters? Because we had Malcolm. Mm -hmm. We won't talk about Tom now because that's kind of, we're, we'll talk about that next. Yes. But we also have Holden, the professor who gets with Malcolm. Who's apparently also really hot. Yeah. The <laughs> professors are all extremely hot here. 
And then we also have just the other professors across the campus, more like mentors or supervisors. And on. And on. And just some of the other grad students. I I feel like we didn't get a lot on the side characters in this book, but I didn't mind it because it didn't feel like this story needed to think, to encompass the side characters. I do like that Malcolm was like, you're dating Adam? Oh my goodness, he's the worst. He gave me the worst feedback ever. You're dating him? She's like, no, 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 it's fake dating, fake dating. He's like, oh my goodness, that's going to end so bad. <laughs> and then he was, who was right? He was right. Malcolm, Malcolm was, was right. right. Yep. And I, um, with Holden, I wish that maybe there was a little bit more of a hint or like an introduction that he was friends with Adam because mm-hmm. they're such close friends. Mm-hmm. So I found it a little, not strange, but a little, well, I guess maybe a little strange that he wasn't introduced earlier in that aspect. More so, it felt like he was kind of like an information source kept and hidden away until the end. Um, But overall, I felt like the side characters were likable. I felt like they had their own personalities. I like the bond that Olive shared with them, how they do American Ninja Warrior marathons. and It's a good show. <laughs> Uh, Kami showed me it. I've never seen it, and it is a good show. It's also stressful. We were literally on the edge of our seat. <laughs> um, and and I do like that she she found a family in them, and I do like that her, the side characters are able to progress in their own lives. The fact that Ann is able to be with Jeremy and she's able to have that relationship and that she's growing within herself. Like it's not like they're just there to support Olive. They have their own separate lives. But what about you? What did you think about the side characters? <laughs> Malcolm was such a mood. <laughs> Honestly. When he was like, Olive, I understand who you are. But that is the worst idea you've ever had. I was just thought it was really cute because Malcolm was just like always a support. Like yes. even if he didn't agree with what Olive did, he still supported her. Yeah. I love that he was also like, Olive, if you came to me, I would have fake dated you. <laughs> True. And I was yeah. like, that's a friend. That's a friend. He's like, I would have brought you chocolates. Yeah. Would have taken you out. He watches American Ninja Warrior with her. He bakes her cookies. Like, he just sounds like a really good friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think Malcolm's just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> he just has relatable. He's just relatable. He's just there. He's thirsty AF. <laughs> like he's like, I think he dates three people by name that we know by name in the book and like multiple others because basically i think he brings over someone new either Every week yeah yeah and i was like how do you not have herpes <laughs> um and it's just he's just a very fun character you know like there's that moment where um after you know the 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 confrontation with tom and after the sex scene you know on and malcolm come to olive's hotel room at the conference because they're really excited to tell her something they send her a bunch of messages right and malcolm's like guess who i got with who i've always wanted to get with and olive just starts listing off a bunch of celebrities (laughs) and a bunch of people literally off the top of her head and i'm like that's friendship (laughs) that's friendship. that's when you know it's real yeah with holden um i kind of i do wish she was kind of introduced a little bit earlier because i did really like seeing you know, this other side of Adam that we don't see with Olive and then we didn't see with his whole jackass reputation. You know, we see him, oh, like he was a kid. He was a teenager. You know, we see him being fond with someone else. And that was really nice to see. And I do wish we had, we had gotten more of that. Mm. Because 
he Holden was mentioned before, yes. like earlier in the story, but he didn't really have any significance other than the fact that Malcolm was thirsting over him. Yeah. So just to like, I do agree that we probably should have seen, I would have preferred if we'd seen more of him sooner. Because it was just, it was just fun. They had a bromance. They had a bromance. Adam and Holden. Yeah. For sure. Since childhood. Since childhood. That's Adam went to prom with him after his boyfriend dumped him. Yeah. You don't just do that for anyone. No, you don't. And they had a fantastic time and play Final <laughs> Fantasy, which I get because Cloud is hot. <laughs> and I do wish that with on that, because at the beginning of the story, we get why Olive is willing to do all of this. Why she's willing to fake date. Everything that on the person who that on has been to her, to her, the friend that she's been. I do wish that we got a little bit more friendship moments between them throughout mm-hmm. the story to kind of reiterate the bond that they have. The fact that they would do anything for each other just to once more reaffirm that what was said in the beginning. Yeah. We, I feel like we got a lot more friendship moments with Malcolm. Did we, than we did with on. Yeah. Because all of us just trying so hard to protect her that we didn't really see her. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, if she's really your best friend, can't you just talk to her? Right. And just be like, Hey, I'm not actually interested in that dude. Go for it. Yeah. Is that so hard? But also, we did play out the scenario earlier. Okay, but Tate, like, if I talk to you, right? If you, if I went out with a guy and I didn't, I didn't, what's the word? You didn't vibe with him? If I didn't hit it off with him, but then you did and you were, and you were like skeptical of it, could you just come up and talk to me about it? Yes. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I would say? Absolutely go for it. True, but then, yeah, like, just talk through it. Just talk through it. You're friends. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> so in that way, I, I don't understand why she couldn't just talk about it. Mm. But at the same time, social anxiety. Well, also, I mean, the plot had to plot. The plot had to plot. So <laughs> I guess I just try to, like, try to take it into a real life situation. And then I'm like, No. <laughs> But I do kind of get it. I, I, I do kind of get it. Girl code. Maybe though, if maybe if uh, Olive had been more into Jeremy, then maybe that would have created a little bit more of a reason. Ooh. Maybe like, oh, he's the first guy that took me on a date and did this, and like maybe she told on about it, and on would feel bad. Yeah. See, in that instance, then, I would feel so then bad. I would never speak anything of it. I'd take it to my grave. I literally would. Yeah. <laughs> I would shove those feelings so far down. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. If you ever had a, if you, if you ever had a guy that you were semi-interested in, like, like what we said before, I would never even think of it. But if I did, if I ever did think about having romantic feelings for a guy you even looked at. Yeah. I would shove those feelings oh my way goodness. farther down than I've ever shoved any of them. Yeah. Feeling. I'd be like that guy. Uh, no. no. He's not even a person in my mind anymore. No. Yeah. You're a thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even human. You're just a blank silhouette. <laughs> You're a shadow. <laughs> Peter Pan who? Not you. <laughs> now, let's talk about the conflict of the story, which the main, the person who is the conflict is Tom Benton. He's the true jackass. Yeah. If anyone's a jerk, 
it's him. Yeah. Actually, at the beginning of the story, when Olive was corresponding with him, I thought he was going to be like 52 years old. Same. And then all of a sudden he comes to campus and he's the same age of Adam. I was like, oh, <laughs> really? He's a little bit older. That. Oh, he, he is? He is a little bit oh. older than Adam because when Adam was a grad student, he was a postdoc. Oh. So he is older than him. I think they said he was in his late 30s, which oh. I was like, that's old. <laughs> you're in your late 30s? I was like, you're near wow. 40. <laughs> Now, with Tom, of course, he basically only takes Olive's project on for sexual favors, essentially. It's a legally blonde situation. Yeah, it is a legally blonde situation. Mm -hmm. With Professor Callahan and Elle. I object. Yes. I object to that. And, And I do wish with this conflict that it had been foreshadowed a little bit more, Mm -hmm. where maybe Tom gave off some more creepy vibes or maybe like there were instances where she got a weird feeling from him or something like that that would better uh transition into him being the bad guy essentially yeah i do agree i mean there was that moment when we first meet tom and then we discover oh wait he's friends with adam you know when olive and adam are on i think their second coffee date or something like that um and he's like oh well why don't i go interview you and you know they'll go back into the starbucks and he does go, like, a little bit too far asking her about, like, her personal life. True. You know, like, the story about her mom and her being grad at cancer and, like, the reason why Olive is motivated to her research. And so I think it was moments like that where we were meant to see, like, oh, yeah, he's not a great guy. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, it was just, for me, it was just more seen as, oh, he's just being a little bit careless. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of a reckless person in nature. Yeah. Just kind of insensitive, but mm-hmm. kind of ignorant to the insensitivity. I didn't get, like, oh, this guy sucks from that. Yeah. When you first meet him, I thought he was kind of, he was going to kind of be, like, Holden's character. Yeah. We're, like, old friends of Adam. We're going to see, like, more embarrassing stories. You know, they're opposites in personalities. You know, it's kind of like Grumpy Meets Sunshine and Friendship versus Grumpy Meets Sunshine Romantically kind of thing. And so that was the vibes I was getting from him. So, like, when I was discovering that he was the villain, I was taken a little by surprise. Yes. Because it just felt like such a hard transition. And, and I mean, maybe this is just me. But in real life, if someone ever said that to me, I would instantly tell the other person. And if the other person decided not to believe me, then that's on them. But I'm not going to hold it inside. Yeah. You like know? If, if all this entire time, he's never, Adam had never given Olive a reason not to trust him. True. And so when Tom does this to her, basically sexually harasses her and, like, calls her names and, like, makes her feel just really bad, like, why wouldn't she tell Adam? Like, why would he want to work with someone like that? And her main hesitancy is that they've been friends for so long that there is the fear that she won't, he won't believe her, but then also the fact that they do have that friendship. At the same time, I think Adam would greater appreciate someone revealing to him that his friend isn't really a friend. Mm-hmm. And so... If there, maybe if there had been more of a moment with Adam and Tom where it shows that Adam really leans on Tom or that their friendship does extend so far and that Tom has really helped Adam out in the past. And I know there's been mention of it um, when Adam went to school and when he was an undergrad and such, but I felt like we needed a more in-time scene displaying that it would be really hard to tell someone that this friend that they've known for years sucks. But at the same time, I was also, like, she found out she had a recording of it, and she still didn't tell Adam. Yeah, I was like, oh, my goodness, a recording? Oh, 
this is like the, the you wish you had a recording. You that this is a situation where you wish you had a recording, and she had it. She had hard evidence. Yes. And so at that point, I was I was confused as to why she didn't take it immediately. Yeah. Why didn't she take it to Adam in that moment? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, they've been friends, but like he did all these things, and you have the evidence. Yes. So how was he not gonna believe you? Yeah. And I felt like maybe it would have been a greater source of tor- turmoil and actual conflict if maybe she did tell Adam and Adam did have a hard time believing her. Just a little bit. Yeah. Not too much where it's like, oh, Adam's a jerk now too, uh-huh. but to an extent that it shows that Tom really did mean something to Adam and therefore it does create kind of that hard edge in their relationship of how do we kind of get past this? Yeah, because I feel like Adam's character throughout the story you know, he's an older man. He's 34. I mean, he's not like old for professor, but he's an older man. Yeah. And so we see him. He's much more mature than basically any other male love interest I've seen in stories. Yeah. Right. He's kind of put in these kind of like high school-esque situations, but he takes it like a grown-up man. Yeah. Like when all is telling him, when they're texting each other, she's like, oh, well, go fuck yourself. Right. Adam just takes it in stride and doesn't take it personally. Yeah, like, he didn't respond. He didn't add to the fight. He didn't fight fire with fire. He, Like you said, he was more mature than that. He was more mature. And when you saw her next, he's like, I know she didn't mean it. Like, I know she, like, this is just a little spat. You know, so Adam is definitely much more mature than any other person. So the fact that even, even still, like, that still happened is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I do, I just wish that it was, I just wanted it to be more contentious. And again, something that's more of a conflict between them. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like then it makes the fight to stay together more important. And having it kind of be more, not easily resolved, but it's pretty, she shows the recording and that's it. And he realizes, oh, this is the person you were talking about who put you down and made you feel bad. And she goes, Yeah. And with how protective he was when she first found her, yeah, how could she not? I I actually thought she would. When he found her crying in the hotel room, I actually thought she'd say it. Mm-hmm. But then we had to get distracted with sexy time. Well, first they like went to dinner and like she was being like her fun self and he was smiling fondly at her. <sighs> I'm such a sucker for s- fond smiles. <laughs> <laughs> There's it's really sweet. It's so sweet. <laughs> And so, like, he did all these things, and then they had sexy times, which is literally turned to a different person. (laughs) (laughs) We're still not recovered. I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Um, But he was really, like, yeah. He's just so sweet. And he, like, like I said, like, he never gave her reason not to trust him. Yes. He was always very open. Now, if maybe he was, he could be closed at times, and maybe if in that moment she felt like she couldn't tell him, then I feel like that'd be, uh, again, a little bit more of a contentious reason that would make sense. But he's been very forthcoming with her. Yeah, maybe like what, like the phrase you said, in time. Like something that happened in time between them that we could see. Yeah. We are now going to be playing How Would You Survive? Or in this case, since this is a contemporary novel, What Would You Do? We have four minutes to pose four questions that pertain to the love hypothesis. Question number one is, if your best friend just caught you kissing a notorious jackass professor, what would you say or do to convince them that you were dating said professor? 
first off, if I found you <laughs> kissing a notorious jackass professor, I would assume you're already dating. Yeah, I'd be like, that, that seems pretty committed. They're married. Considering who we are, if we've gotten to that point, we're dating. Yeah. yeah. I, you wouldn't need to convince me of much else. No, I'd be like, oh, okay. They're together. I mean, I feel like with you, you tend to have a fear of teachers. So I think oh that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> so it would surprise me quite a bit. Mm. That would be me getting over my fears, though, would be dating a teacher. That's true. I would I would be very surprised. <laughs> it's therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> but if I saw you kissing them, even if it was an awkward kiss, like what is talked about here, I, you're dating. <laughs> and also I'd be like, go get it, girl. You know, I'd hold yeah. up a sign and be like, woo, get that. <laughs> get laid. <laughs> The second question, if you had to fake date someone, what rules or boundaries would you place in the relationship? Ooh, I mean, rule one, no sex. <laughs> <laughs> Unless if it goes on for 24 pages. Yep. I think rule two would be, I don't want you to meet my family. Oh, I, yeah. I don't want it to get to that point. Oh. Because it, that's just, it's too painful. Too much. And I think my third rule would be, I think if I was a white, uh, if I was a protagonist, I'd be like, third rule, don't fall in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, though? I wouldn't say no to don't fall in love because it's a fake dating trope. <laughs> but I agree. No sex. Don't meet my family. No. Um, Like, try. I think one of mine would just be try to stay out of just like really intimate situations. Yeah. Like, we can hold hands and I could probably kiss you a couple of times in public. But, like, other than that, going to birthday parties, no. No. Taking walks on the beach, maybe if it's a nice day. Like, we're going to try as hard as we can to get out of things. Yes. If someone wants me to kiss you in public, I'm going to tell, say, H no A, no PDA. Yeah. <laughs> Not today, no PDA. <laughs> you know it's good when it rhymes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, question three. If you came to learn, like Olive did in the book, that Tom Benton was a perverted jerk, how would you expose him? First off, I would kick him in the nuts. That, that's a good first step. <laughs> <laughs> like, if someone had said that to me, I would probably resort to violence first. <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions later. Yeah, but then I would file it. I would file a complaint. Yeah. Like, even if no one would believe me, Right, because he's like he he's a very high ranking person in academia. I don't care. Like I'm still gonna file that complaint, and yeah. if he is what we think he is, other people are gonna file the complaint. True, and he's gonna get his. I would complain. I would get a neon sign. I would say, "Hey, you suck," mm-hmm. and you also made me cry. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, of course, I would tell the people that I know and trust, mm-hmm. and I think that in turn would fortify me if I was hesitant to kind of go after this guy who was seemingly mighty and powerful. But yeah, I would definitely say something. I wouldn't just keep quiet about it. I'd be like, hey, this guy freaking sucks. Yeah, I'd be like, you know why I assaulted him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't just kick people in the balls for nothing. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you started to fall in love with the person you were fake dating, what would you do? Uh, real life me, would I would ignore it, reject it, because there's no way that they would ever like me back. That would be real life me. Fantasy me, though, I'd be like, hey, I know this isn't what we intended, 
but I've developed feelings for you, and I think I maybe even love you. And then, you know, have a romantic picnic date kiss with some fireworks. I would do the exact same thing. (laughs) Real me? I would never let it go beyond anything else. No. No. (laughs) Say my feelings? Ew. No. I, like... I think I'm a little bit notorious for this in which if I have, I think you can attest to this. If I had a crush, I would never tell them. No, no. no. Would I flirt with them? Sure. That's the extent of what I would do, though. My flirting, though, I think my flirting would be so subtle, though, that that person wouldn't even recognize it as such. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's totally it. Fantasy Kami would be like, hey, this isn't fake to me anymore. And see what they think. Yeah. You, you'd get their feedback. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I think we do pretty good as a couple. Like, look at this now. <laughs> like, I want to be more than friends. I don't want to be in the friend zone. No, and I don't even, I don't want to be a fake dating zone. Yeah, I want to be just in the date zone. Be my boyfriend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please. Ready, please? Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh happens.